Hi everyone, and welcome back to Balkansis, the show that's going to help you navigate the massive challenges of life, motherhood, culture, identity, and belonging with more ease, acceptance, joy, and purpose. Thanks to each and every one of you that come back every time to listen, learn, heal, and feel inspired. If you do love the podcast, then do me a huge favor and hit the subscribe button. It really does help spread the word. Ciao svima, moje ime je Laura Marin i dobrodošli na Balkan Sis podcast. And ladies, my Balkan sisters, that was my fellow guest, Laura Marin. I am so, so excited. And I know you guys think that I'm always excited. I think that's going to be my nickname from now on, Mrs. Excited, um, Ivana Excited, because I just get to do the coolest stuff and hang with the coolest people. Laura, I found online. As many of you would know her, she, she's a fabulous singer, a beautiful personality, and a very, very, very talented and smart young lady. So that was her little introduction. I'm not going to bore you with the details because I want you to listen to the episode. It's a really, really good one today. I can't believe that throughout the whole episode, I actually forgot to ask her how she learned to play the guitar out of the whole conversation we had. We couldn't fit it all in. She woke up so, so early to talk to me. I'm so privileged and humbled that I get to just create epic content with epic people all over the world and bring you just lighthearted and, and good fun and also serious stuff to this podcast. So I wanted to invite Laura because of her Balkan connection with her singing, but I don't want to give away too many details. There is so many things afterwards that I wish that I had asked her. But, you know, as the conversation goes on and you're drinking your coffee and you're having fun and you're talking, um, you sort of leave the script on the side, even though I had questions that I had prepared. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. I've also got a special episode coming out this Sunday with David from An Englishman in the Balkans. He is a fabulous personality. He's an Englishman living in Bosnia-Herzegovina. And um, I've co-created and cooked up some epic stuff with him. And he, yeah, I was a guest on his podcast. So that episode is going to drop this Sunday night. And when he releases it on, you know, his applications, I'm also going to release it here on Balkansis. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I hope that you absolutely love this episode with Laura. Once again, if you loved it, please share it and send it to your loved ones. Laura has collectively almost 400,000 followers from TikTok to Instagram to YouTube. She got invited to sing with some epic stars, which I won't reveal the names of. You'll have to tune in and listen. And she has done extremely well for herself in the, fi- in the last five years. And I hope that you, you know, get to know her journey a little bit better and get to know her a little bit deeper outside of those short clips that you get to listen to. And I look forward to bringing you more epic guests and more epic stuff and also a lot of stories and personal stories and anecdotes. And if you guys have any questions, please write to me, send me an email, get on Instagram, get on the social media platforms. I'm everywhere. So feel free to send me a message no matter where you're from. You know, I always love connecting with you ladies. 
So anyway, I'm going to be rambling, so I better get off the microphone now and head into the episode with Laura. Enjoy. Ciao. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Balkan Sis. Yes, I say the same thing every single time. I am so excited about today's guest. How can I not be? To me, she's a global superstar, maybe to <laughs> they know her from the internet. It's the beautiful Laura Marin. She's joining me today from Spain, and I'm so privileged that she's, yeah, having a chat with me today about music, about love, about family, about culture. And yeah, it's such a pleasure to have her here. And yeah, let's dive straight in. Laura, welcome. Kaposi. Thank you so much. Dobro sam, uredu je, baš je rano ovdje u Špani. Šesti po, ali super. Hvala ti na pozivu, hvala ti. That's awesome. I hvala što, thank you for getting up so early. Evo ja opet već miješam jezike. Navikla sam tako i kod kuće sa familijom. But today we're going to be talking in English purely for the fact that it's just uh, okay. our go-to language, I guess, for everybody who's listening. So for those of you who don't know, Laura, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? I'm a really normal 19-year-old girl who's going to university and who likes languages and music and I got famous in Balkan community in social media, in Instagram and TikTok, recording myself singing some Balkan songs. And yeah, that's everything actually. <laughs> There's nothing really more interesting. That's, that's, it is very interesting because <laughs> I was thinking, did you take do like an ancestry kit or a DNA or anything like that? To find out, because sometimes some people, when they have a likeness or an affiliation to something, a certain culture, sometimes it can be back in their bloodline too, like certain relations. Or is it just was a purely, because I know you said you love well, different cultures and different languages. How did that love for different cultures come about when you were a young girl? I always like other cultures. For me, it was always really interesting, but definitely the ex-Yugoslavia case. It's something bigger, really bigger <laughs> than any other culture that I ever liked. And I never took a DNA test. It would be really interesting, but I know my heritage. Maybe my grandma lied to me and she had an affair with any, I don't know, Mohammed or Dade. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that happened. But I believe it didn't happen. <laughs> you never know. You never know. There's lots of stories that yeah. family don't tell us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of stories that families fail to inform us on. But when did the sort of connection and the love for the Balkans start? When I was nine years old, I was just going through YouTube. And there's this show from America. Jim Henson's company, which is called Burying the Blue House. It was really famous all over Europe. And I would watch it in Spanish and Portuguese. And I just remember how I watched a video with a lot of languages from this TV show. And the last one was from Serbia, from the Serbian television. And I just fell in love, something clicked in me. I can explain it and I'm, I'm, I'm so sad because all the time, every day, 
I got this question a lot of times for a lot of people and I don't really have a reason. Just something click at me and, and I just, uh, I just went with it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. And I know <laughs> that the people love you and just oh, with you. And so how did you get over that fear of releasing music and releasing songs and getting yourself on camera because I know so many people talk to me about being afraid to do things and they're highly talented and they call that imposter syndrome. How was it for you? Was it just this natural thing where you thought, oh, why not? I'll put the phone on. Was it a conscious decision or did you have to really, you know, work yourself up to, to do it or was it just something that happened very naturally? Sorry, I come from a generation where... We just grew up with YouTube and with social media. I grew up with some YouTube stars from Spain and Latin America and South America. So it was really natural for me to start recording myself. I never had a fear, but obviously if you see, I don't know if they're available. I think they're not available at all. <laughs> but uh, if you see any of my covers from maybe three years ago or four years ago, I look so different and my expressions are so different. It takes time. People mm. ask me, like, how do you act so naturally in camera? Because I have a lot of practice. <laughs> that's yes. how you do it. That's right. And that's the thing. I think people just think, oh, yeah, you do something the first time and that's it. You're perfect. It's that repetition, right? It like, never happens in that way. <laughs> that's not <laughs> for nothing. Because before, even with us, all these technical glitches and issues and all of that and even for you, some days you probably maybe don't feel like singing or sharing and you think, oh, I'll just do it anyway. And it becomes that practice and that habit. Definitely. And, yeah. And what do your parents think about you, like singing these foreign songs in your room with your guitar? What was their first impression when you started taking interest? Yeah. That is a question that I also get almost every day. And it's really funny because I was always that kind of, person who wanted to know more like I think in no one is surprised not my parents or any anybody in my like environment about the fact that I I'm started to travel a lot and I'm started to take all these projects around Europe because I don't know everybody tells me that when I was a child it was obvious that I wanted something bigger say mm -hmm. that way that I was really ambitious but this whole process about Balkan culture and music, it was really slow. It started when I was nine years old. It started really slow. And when I was 14, I started to learn the language, which I learned from English language. And nowadays I speak a lot of better our language, like Serbo-Croatian, Bosnian, than English. I feel so much comfortable because of how much I use it in my everyday life. So it was really little by little. Also in social media, there wasn't really any like boom. It was really little by little. I didn't have all these followers from night to day. Mm. Um, so yeah, they took it. At first, my mom didn't like it at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, parents are just looking to protect you, right? They're just looking yeah. to... Don't put yourself out there for, because people can criticize you and all that sort of stuff. But I believe if you have a gift, you should share it. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, know. you. I believe and, that too. Yeah. And, and I think with that older generation, there's a little bit more stigma in sharing 
even when I go on platforms to talk about our story or my experiences through life, yeah, my dad's a little bit, oh, because, you know, but at the end of the day, I think we just come from a different generation where I think your generation more than even mine is compelled to share even more, which I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I just think you find what works for you. In my case, it wasn't like sharing the problem, but the fact that my goal was to reach other countries. Like mm -hmm. I understand them. They only hear about war. Maybe if I had a child and they wanted to go, I don't know, to Afghanistan or to Syria, I would be like, no, you don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. But now my mom, since we went to Sarajevo a couple of times, she's starting to like it. And now she's in a kind of like a depression because two weeks ago we were in Sarajevo for a week and she liked it so much and it was so comfortable even though she doesn't speak English she doesn't speak our language at all she just wants to go back and to know other big cities oh, like Yugoslavia mom is gonna be your little uh, you know she's gonna be in the group she's gonna be yeah <laughs> I love it mom's gonna be the manager I think she's gonna be managing every oh that's so cool that's so cool and it's amazing how you through your music and your talents even with that hesitation, you've opened up their sort of perception and, and their worldly views, yeah. which is really great. When you started learning the language, what came first? Was it just, oh, I want to learn the language because I love the songs? When did you start learning more about the history and finding out what had transpired and all of that? What was your general, I guess, opinion about all of that? Because I know even you were saying before in some videos when you say Sipsky, Hrvatsky, Oh, yeah. <laughs> did he even get upset about that so yeah how do you deal with that whole element it wasn't something that i was searching to do because when i was nine years old it was so confusing i didn't know what the language was from which country because when i was nine ten eleven twelve years old i would learn in the school the map of europe and they tell you Croatia, Serbia, Montenegro, Bosnia, but you have no idea what happened before. Yeah. So I, I had no clue at all. <laughs> I, I'm really young. I, I didn't see any of that in television at all. And so it was more like something that just happened with the time that I wanted to know. And by the time I was 12 years old, I already knew about a lot about Tito and and then the first Yugoslavia, Kraljevina Yugoslavia, and all the empires that were in the Balkans in the last centuries. And then when I was 14 years old, I had this desire to understand the language because I read like all the books there are in all the libraries from my city about the Balkans, but they were all in Galician in Spanish. And I knew that if I knew the language, I would get so much more information. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I would like also to understand the songs just by hearing them. Because, yeah, I can find just something someone who translated it. But it's just not the same. You have to understand it to get the real emotions. And, and I'm so glad 14-year-old Laura wanted to do it and had the courage and the patience to do it. <laughs> That's amazing because my husband tried to learn yeah. and he, he struggled, poor guy. I mean, he grew it's up okay. his whole life and he really tried to impress me and he wanted to learn the language, even though I never told him I want you to learn the language. I wasn't like that. We live in Australia, we talk English, it's okay. I don't expect anyone to do that for me. 
but it was romantic and lovely and sweet. And I remember he did numbers, he did the alphabet and did all that. When it came to putting all the words together, it was an absolute disaster. (laughs) It's okay. Like like we went to Croatia, we're driving past and he's, ah, TC Yepa, as in the ocean. And I was like, oh, that's not what the Adriatic Sea, sorry to say, but I just laughed. I had a little giggle because he was trying, but he just. That's so sweet. Even when he said, what's a, a lid? for the saucepan for cooking I said poplopots and he just couldn't stop laughing because he said in Australian in English you just say lid it's so simple and then in that language so yeah for you obviously because you have your mother tongue and you have English do you think that was a good advantage as well because you already understood languages on a different level definitely but it, it's not something really common in spain because we all speak spanish so we don't need any other language to travel the world do anything but i was always really curious about the english language i i always liked it and when i was little i would watch a lot of uh, documentaries in english but my accent got so bad <laughs> these last years because i don't use it i never use it and and I got so used to terrible Korean. <laughs> I can't speak English at all. But yeah, I think it was an advantage, but something that I work mm. by myself. It's really common in Spain to watch the children like from three years old to maybe 18 years old go to academies. But my family couldn't afford that. So I never went to any academy. I would just, the internet was my only teacher. Mm-hmm. It's incredible, yeah, how you've utilized that as a tool to keep you connected to the rest of the world. Like it's mm-hmm. on this one. So tell us a little bit more about your town and your heritage and your language and and your culture. Like I would love to know more about that because there's such a huge emphasis on, wow, you know how to talk our language and you know how to sing our songs and it's all about us. But it's not about, <laughs> you know, in a way of, even for your friends, like at school, what, like they were seeing these videos, what was their sort of impression, you know, being in school, like louder, like what language are you singing? Were they intrigued? Were they Yeah. <laughs> I come from a, I went to a really little middle and high school. So all of my friends went with me in that process of becoming famous in social media. <laughs> I don't like to say that, but let's say it in that way. Own it. You've and... got to own it. Thank you. So it was always a part of my life uh, in a really natural way. And so no one was surprised because everything was so little, like as as I said before. But now that I started at university a couple of, like a month and a half ago, I explained this story every single day because always there's someone wanting to know it. And no one understands it. But it's okay. I like to speak. It, it makes sense to you. That's all that matters, right? That's the yeah. Matter. Thank you. And I think a lot of things we do in our life, especially as girls, won't make sense to other people, especially when you're young. Yeah. Your visions or your creations, or it won't make sense to the maybe to your immediate family and your friends, and you actually feel more understood maybe somewhere else or online or that like you. But they're the ones, I guess, who want to shield you and protect you and keep you grounded. But I just think fly high, like just fly high. But all these years, yeah, yeah, I've been hearing from from my family, my friends. 
you have to stop. You have you have to to not focus so much on that path because it's knowing it's not going anywhere. And yeah, <laughs> but I always had my dream, and I always managed. I've been managing like five years or four years, like having both social media and studying, and also working because I also worked. <laughs> I'm such a famous girl. <laughs> And I, I always managed to do it because I always had this dream. And with something fulfill, fulfills your soul, you just not do it. You That's have to do mind. it so it's since you find it. It's obviously flame inside of you. Yeah. Burning bright. And why should you? And if anything, I, I think when yeah. people say, well, you shouldn't or don't or it's not going anywhere. They're more projecting their own insecurities. Yeah. Or like maybe they're like dreams they didn't get to achieve or things they're not doing. And then when they see you doing it, it's, it's they're right. Instead of saying, yeah, go and lower it. Oh, I don't think that's going anywhere. And then you're singing yeah. with Harley Beshley. Yeah. It was also because of this, my dream of mine, it's not the easiest way to, to get in relationships. And I was in a relationship with a really lovely guy for a year and a half, maybe. And we broke up a weekend before I knew the Halit Beslitz concert. And we broke up because uh, he didn't support me in my dreams. It wasn't going anywhere. We were really happy together, but it wasn't going anywhere. And a week after, I got the call from Halit's best wow. manager. Yeah, I, I thought that was God. That's it. I'm such a believer. But you, and you have to believe because in order to receive, you have to believe. So, Definitely. You know, but now that I've been like all along for almost a year, I... I, it's not really easy being a woman and having such an ambitious look about the future because I knew for a fact that if I was a man, it would be so great. Oh, you want to go to other country. You want to achieve this and that. And, but everybody's asking me, if you're going to be a mother, what are you going to do? And I'm like, first of all, did you ask me if I want to be a mother? What? I want to, but that should be the first question if you ask to ask. That's her things. <laughs> that's yeah. And look, I can relate to that on so many levels because yeah, I'm yeah. growing up in the Balkans, and just because we left the country doesn't mean the mentality stops. So <laughs> yeah, even when I came to Australia, it was very much that as what you describe. And mm -hmm. it's like you said, if I was a boy, like Beyonce song, if I was a boy. It wouldn't be a problem. It would be you'd be touring all over the place. You'd be supported. People would be throwing money at you. But because you're a girl, it's that sense of, oh, she's pretty. She's cute. Let's just keep her over there. Let's keep yeah. her. It's like, but honestly, my feedback to you would be you literally have 235,000. <laughs> Your videos, let's just put it in context, guys, for people who don't know about you. I don't know why they wouldn't so far. 6.7 million likes. Yeah. <laughs> That's huge numbers. On Instagram, you have 92.5 thousand followers. And, and everyone is from the Balkans. I only have Balkan public, and, which I think it's so great. And then on YouTube, you have 4,000. 4,390, I think, followers. So 
it's the numbers are, are staggering. So I think the next time someone tells you you can't or you shouldn't or what's wrong with you or whatever, tries to diagnose you with the problem, you just, <laughs> you just need to go back to those numbers. And just, yeah. you know what, that one opinion out of, let's say, 300,000 opinions actually doesn't matter. No, at all. And that's what I told you before. I know for a fact that if I was, if I was men, this would not be happening because always happened. Like men have their career. There have been football players. There have been singers. There have been everything. And they just have their, their woman, their wife to do everything. Mm. So I'm so sorry to say it in, in that way. But if I'm, if I manage, if I accustom to be a famous, successful singer in the Balkans, I will be performing all over Europe maybe in the US, maybe in Australia. And why wouldn't have a supporting husband who wants to take care of all those things? Correct. And you will have, I mean, <laughs> you will have the money and the resources. I will have your the mom, money. I will be bringing it to the table. And your mama, she's going to be grandma. Is that abuela? Is that how you say it? Is that abuela? In Spanish, yeah. Spanish, okay. <laughs> See, I'm the Spanish so bad. I need to educate myself. It's okay. You said it really well, actually. She's like your mama. It's like she's with you. You're going to have support. You will have the resources. Mm. How does anybody do it? How does any famous female singer in the world have a family and continue to do what they love? It's no difference. And when you say when you make it, it's, you already have. Like in my eyes, I think you've already made it. And I think just I said, oh, I already have. And does it psycho have to do a little bit of a job and still study? And yes, <laughs> all that's going to change. All that that's it. Or change. So what? Where are you at the moment? Tell us what you're studying. Tell us, yeah, what you're studying. Tell us also a bit more about your ancestry and your culture that you are very passionate about and talk about online. I'm Galician. And this is really um, hard to explain because I think as we are really lucky, we didn't go to any war in the last century. Wait, we're really lucky. Not a lot of people knows about us. I don't want to be offensive, but it's frustrating. I'm frustrated sometimes because everyone calls me Spanielka. Mm. And it's okay, but for me, Spain, it's the country where I live. <laughs> and it's okay. It's super. But in the Balkans, I think people cannot understand that country is not the same as nation. In Spain, we live so many nations. We're like four different or even five, if you count. Well, that's a debate. Mm. But at least we are four different nations with every, its language, its culture, its everything. But that's and, too, and that's ex-Yugoslavia. It's the same thing. Yeah. If, if the irony of the whole situation is, if anyone should understand, it should be them. Because imagine you said to Lutsednogora, so you said to Hrvats, oh, you're Serbian, right? Like a lot of people get offended. People yeah. say, are you Serbian? I'd say, no, I'm Croatian. They say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, no, that's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't get offended. I just move on and. It's not my day, but so if anybody should actually understand, it should be our people. That also, yeah. <laughs> it's not just Banyolka, there's so many. So tell us about your background. Yeah. Anyway, my public is always really open to listen to what I have to say about my nation. And I 
recorded a lot of videos and a lot of things about Galician culture, history, and language. And everybody's so open. And now a lot of people call me Galicianca. Oh, Mr. Spanielka. But it sounds so sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really great. And actually, yeah, that's it. We're a nation and we live in Spain since the year we live, we're part of Spain since the year 1490. That's how you say, right? 1490. Yeah. Uh, because we lost the war. So Isabela de Castilla, well, when Spain didn't exist, it started to exist. Uh, took the territory of Galicia, and till nowadays it is a part of Spain. Um, you can see some kind of debate because uh, a lot of people want independence, mm -hmm. just like in Catalonia. But in Ca in Catalonia, it's really it's a more famous topic because of how much power Catalonia has as a region. Galicia is a really poor region. <laughs> So that's why you w will not be hearing about it so much. It's like Catalonia. And honestly, I don't think independence is going to take us anywhere as we live nowadays mm -hmm. because borders has changed. The meaning of border of a country has changed so much. I don't think it's the same thing maybe before first world war. Mm -hmm. It will be a really different situation, but I will always speak for our freedom to speak our language, which we didn't have till the year 1982. Wow. It was forbidden, like, I'm so bad at numbers. Sesto Godina. Wow. wow. Sesto Godina, or yes, it was forbidden. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> that's not beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and how different is the language to traditional Spanish? How? It's it's a Roman language, which means it comes from Latin, just like French, just like Italian, just like Catalonian. And it is, I, I, there is another debate because it's just like Portuguese. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a lot of people say it is the same language. Some people think it's not the same language. If you ask my opinion, I support that it is the same language. Because anytime I hear Portuguese from Angola, from Brazil, for any country, actually, I what I'm hearing is my mother tongue, mm. and the the same difference that we have from someone from Oporto and from Coruña, my city, is the same that I hear from Orense in Coruña, which Orense is in Galicia, Oporto is in Portugal. Got you. And actually, my faculty, like my university, it, it exists Spanish philology, English philology, French philology, and then Galician Portuguese philology. Okay. Also, they are not the same language officially. There's so much alike. Even nowadays, we only have one career, one degree. Mm -hmm. I think that speaks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that speaks a lot. Fascinating. So what are you studying at your university? You mean like the subjects? Or... Yeah. I have, I don't know if, because I do it every in Galician, so I don't know if we, I will be translating it okay, but like linguistic theory. Mm -hmm. Then like the start of literature history. And then because we're so many uh, like little people, like little number, uh, we all are together, Spanish, English, and Galician Portuguese philology. So I have to study Spanish. I have to study English. <laughs> oh God, that is a lot of things all happening all at once. Yeah. And, and we are, uh, <laughs> we, we, we really wrote, work good together. The people from Galician, degree one to study Galician and the people from English degree want to study English. 
Well, that's so now I have to study English, even though it's not my real desire, but I like it. And yeah. I, I really like it, so it's okay. <laughs> um, I think you're doing incredibly well balancing so many different nuances and balancing so many different levels of, of learning. And Thank the, you. And the plus your music and now traveling and uh, battling sort of those sexist views and then also the cultural. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on in your world at the moment and then also a breakup and singing with Harley on stage. But that's nothing, I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. No, that's nothing. That's just this whole thing. But so how long do you plan on staying at home? So how long is your degree? How long is your studies for? When does that finish? And what's beyond that? Yeah, it takes formally four years to do this degree. But if you want to, you can say, I don't know, six, five years, which I expect it will not be happening. But if it happens, it's okay. <laughs> No one is going to ask me how many years it took. That just doesn't happen at all. And anyways, I'm studying this degree because I want to have some studies because even though I not come from a migrant family, we had to come from our village to the city. And even just that is like a kind of a cultural shock. I, I could feel it when I was a three, four year old, how I, I had different, I came from a different culture, even so just, there's just like three hours from my village to the city where I live. And my whole family, they don't study anything. I don't want to say they're nepismani, but... Mm. <laughs> so I haven't even knew those opportunities, haven't they? But moving away... It's yeah, about guys. I I know it was so hard for my for my mother and for my grandmother to do it, even though it's just a three hour distance. It's a really total different world, a different language because when they came to the city, it was still forbidden to talk Galician in public. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, I'm the first one studying at university and I'm I do really, I, I really like it, but I'm doing it just because I want to honor them. Mm. I want to take that opportunity and, and I want to work at, at something that I like. But yeah, my, that's my plan B. That's right. And look, you're still so young and you have the whole world at your feet. Thank There's you. nothing wrong with exploring different things and having a plan A and a B and a C and it's always something that you can fall back on that you can access and, and it's also a learning journey with linguistics like it's also with your singing and everything it I think it will complement each other very nicely so you can just follow the breadcrumbs and see where it takes you but I think being I guess an outsider and watching you sing it's that's your that's yeah it's your gift right so how yeah. do you actually find your voice how did you realize you had a nice voice like how does <laughs> do you just do you sing when you're a kid okay we all sing in the shower but it doesn't all mean we're singers so how when was that was there a moment that you realized I'm a singer or I could do this for real or was it just a natural progression thank you so much for telling me I have a nice voice I really appreciate it thank you you're so sweet but actually like no one in my family, not even my father's side. Oh, because I'm sorry, I didn't say this, but the background of my parents are pretty different. Mm-hmm. My mother comes from a village in Galicia where 
only Galician people, but my father is from Castilla, which is the original place where Spanish came from. Spanish is actually imperialistic name for the language. It is Castilian language because it comes from Castilia. Wow. <laughs> but it's okay if you call it Spanish. It's not pogresional, but it comes from Castilla in Aragon. And, yeah. and my father is from Castilla, but he lives here in Coruña. That's where he met my mother. And they are divorced since I was born. Mm-hmm. So I got really, I'm an actual bilingual because a lot of people in Galicia can talk both Galician and Spanish, but they don't use both. I use both because of my parents. Mm-hmm. They come from these different backgrounds. My, pa- my, my father comes from a, not a rich family, but yeah, a rich family. <laughs> Nowadays, because of Franco and everything and the dictature, they don't have money anymore. Mm-hmm. But they come from a real good status family. And uh, none of them, my mother's from the village and my father from the uh, like big city had any musical background, not at all. So I did not learn to sing at home. But just in the Balkans, everybody has like their grandfather, Svira Harmonicu, with me, it's, it's not the case. And when I was six years old, my father bought me the CD Loud from Brianna. Mm-hmm. I'm from their generation, but it's really close to being a god. <laughs> She's amazing, and I just grew up with her. And I remember hearing those songs and finding out that when I would sing them, I would feel so great. But everybody would tell me that I sing really bad, (laughs) that it's not for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everybody told me like, okay, Laura, you you like to sing, but just don't do it in public because you can do it. (laughs) It's not your thing. But you didn't have... It's not like you come from a situation where you had singing lessons or singing classes or somebody (laughs) helping you or, you know, like you said, the grandfather or the uncle or the grandma or somebody to say, or do it like this or do it like that. Good on you for being that small (laughs) child and actually still just continuing despite people telling you you're bad. I like that's, I do that a lot though. Like when you have something that you like, it's Oh, you know, good. I just, I don't know. I feel like families are a little bit like that, unfortunately, like everywhere. <laughs> Did you have any siblings, Laura? Did you have sisters or brothers? Um, that's a complicated topic because I have three, but at the same time, I have no siblings at all. I always have these jokes that my parents really like to be in bed. That's okay. They, they really like to socialize. They're all yeah. okay. okay. Look, we don't, sometimes we... It's chosen family as well. It doesn't always yeah. look related. So. But no, I, I, I consider myself as an only child. I don't have no siblings. But the siblings that I have don't really like music at all. I have a little, like, uh, how do you say, half-sister? Mm-hmm. How do you say that? Half-sister, okay. yeah. And she really likes dance. She's really good at it. She's uh, 10 years old and she's so good at it. So since when I watch her, I cannot believe it. How good she is. Uh, but, but not about the singing and, and they don't care. 
<laughs> like my family, the one supporting me, it's my mom, but everybody else is not really in the topic. <laughs> and how does your mom, how does your mom feel now about your singing? And like you said, she's been to Sarajevo now before she's seeing these opportunities are coming towards you. What is her perception now of the whole thing? Would they much rather that you sing traditional songs with your mother tongue in your language or what's, how is it there? I even tried to have a career in Galician music when I was like 15 years old because everybody was pursuing me. Since you sing so well, because I've been taking singing class for almost 10 years now. So at the time, like people would start to tell me, oh, you have a good voice and everything. And I don't think I have a talent. Honestly, really? well, I really so you don't think you're you have a talent for singing? No, really? I think so. Okay, <laughs> so what's a talented person to you then? Like when you see someone out there, what would be somebody I guess that we all know where you would say, Oh, they're talented, they're a good singer? I think I, I, you have to know the case and you have to know the person. But I think I, by myself, I can say when it is a talent and, which, and when it, it happens because the person wanted it to happen. Mm, yeah. There's a lot of singers, and not only in Balkans, like everywhere, go, for example, Rosalia, you know who Rosalia is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I admire her so much. She's like my role model, model for everything. And she doesn't have the best voice ever. She's not Celine Dion. She's not Beyonce. But she has such an emotion and she has such a desire to sing that now she managed to know because every, every voice, if you train it, like if you actually train it, you take it seriously and you try to manage what is good for you, you can have a beautiful voice. Yeah. You just have to search. It yeah. doesn't come naturally. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's, there would so, be a lot of, and I actually watched her documentary and she was her own manager until, you know, many uh, years. Like she was the manager, she was the performer, she was all of it. And that, that really blew me away because she didn't want anybody managing her brand or her music. She wanted, she was the best representation. And I actually really like her work ethic and her drive. And yeah, it's incredible. So I'm glad you actually mentioned her because I, yeah, that was one thing I took away. We love her. Uh, yeah. She's a queen. It's like what you said, you can have the best voice and you can be the most talented person in the world, but you can be poor for the rest of your life. Because if you don't have that attitude, that go-getter attitude, then how are you going to get anywhere, right? So what, what are some ways that you, obviously you're putting yourself on TikTok and YouTube and all of that, is, do you have any other, so is it a strategy now? Or do, you look for opportunities? do you look for opportunities? Are you just taking it easy, letting things come to you? What's your approach towards the whole thing? It's not, it's not a secret. Uh, I'm in social media because I wanted to became, become famous in the Balkans. And I, I'm using social media. I don't really like social media. <laughs> now I'm an expert, but it, I don't want to be an influencer. That's not uh, the case. But yeah, I'm trying to gain popularity in the Balkans because uh, I learned, I don't know in, in a bad way, but I learned that the only thing that matters is how many, is the public you have, mm. how many people know about you. And I, at the start, I really tried to do like quality videos with quality songs and quality, and, and it, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It, 
you could choose to do only quality content, but it, it's not always the case if you want to become famous. And now I think it is working after all of these years because I didn't, as I said before, I didn't just woke up one day and, oh, I was so famous. Everybody was telling me to do interviews and to do birth. No, <laughs> it didn't happen that way. Yeah. That's, that was a long way and it's a way that it, a path that it's continuing with something. It takes a lot of discipline. Mm. Uh, for two or three years, I remember when I was in Bacharelato, I would be like studying and managing like things and then filming myself and I wouldn't get views at all. And I sometimes I thought, what am I doing this? And I just continued to know this. And, and actually without social media, I would not be singing with Khaled Deschutz. Mm-hmm. And I would not be singing in the Dom Army in Sarajevo as I did a weeks ago. So I think it's working, but I hope social media will not be my path forever. <laughs> oh, correct. <laughs> and, and- what you said, the amazing thing is I like what you mentioned there is like what you were saying, you were uploading videos and I think this can apply to any craft or anybody doing anything. Yeah, definitely. You know, when you're doing stuff and you think, oh, no one's even noticing. Do I even bother? Do I? The key is just to keep believing in yourself in, in that drive because you almost had something driving you, like just to continue to keep on going. Yeah. And then in a way it led you, but then even though you sang on a big stage, and you had your debut with Harlid and you just went to Sarajevo a couple of weeks ago as well. I saw you still uploading videos. That's the thing. You didn't just go yeah. home. You didn't just go home and say, oh, my work's done. That's the best thing <laughs> Harley's I think anybody can really look up to you in that way of there's Thank the talent you. and then there's the work ethic. And from what you tell me about your family is like it hasn't been easy beginnings. It's been more humble and this, you are having to, because you didn't just have like privilege, like being born at Hilton and that's it. And then all of a sudden you're famous because everyone knows your yeah. last name. So you really had to make a name for yourself. But what was it like when you went to, because it was the first time you traveled on an airplane. Is that correct? Not in an airplane because I went to Paris when I was 14 years old. But, yeah. but it was the first time I saw on a snow. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. It was the first time my mother traveled and went into. Um, how do you say it? Avion, avion, yeah. Avion, yeah. <laughs> avion. There's so many words. <laughs> There's so many words. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. So, what was that experience like going to to Sarajevo, going to Bosnia? Like, all of a sudden, all these visions you had are coming to light. What was that like? As I told you, it was, I don't want to say a hard period because it wasn't a hard period, but I just broke up with my first relationship. And it was really hard for me because I come from a really um, unstable family and household. And for the first time I had a family, I knew what it was having a family. So for me to break up with him was to breaking up with his family. And, and that's, I left all alone. I started to live alone again. And I also was working. I was really happy. I'm really happy at my work. But I thought like, where am I even going? (laughs) What's happening? I thought it was just me. I felt alone in the way that I felt it was only me supporting me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to have that ego image like, oh, thank me yeah. for believing in me because I did. No, I don't want that because it's not in that way. But I really felt like that. And then uh, Vladimir Cholakovic uh, did this interview for me. He's such a good uh, interviewer. He's such a professional, such a good soul, a beautiful soul. And then as I told you, I broke up. I was in, in this state like, okay, I, I will be keep working, gaining money to go to university. Mm. And, and I, I would just, I was like accepting the fact that I would never go to the Balkans. Or maybe it would took me five years to go to the Balkans. Mm. Because by myself, with my economic situation, it would not be happening. <laughs> you know? but it's, it, it all adds up because you've got airplane tickets, you've got flying within Europe, you've got a hotel. You've got food, you've got yeah. the plus That's a lot of stuff. And then if you haven't been invited to sing anywhere, then it's all like I'm going, but what is, there's got to be something that comes out of it also too. So yes, it's beautiful to have a holiday and a trip, but like you said, with being you and your mom and you're studying, you're a student, I can totally relate yeah, to that because even when we came here, we, I was a student, I didn't have enough money. There were some people in the community here they were going back to Bosnia and Croatia and other parts of Balkans every year. They were going all as oh. Whereas for us, I was, to put it in context, 11 when I came here and I didn't go back until I was 18 and my dad paid oh my for the ticket. And then I didn't go back again until I was 26. So oh that's because it is such a long way. It is so expensive. And I know you're in Europe, but it doesn't matter. It's still pricey. So what was it like when you got the phone call from Harlot's team? We want you to come. I, I was sitting with my cousin who just had a baby and her first Rojendal uh-huh. was the day of the concert. Wow. It was uh-huh. so magical in that way. And I just received the Because when Vladimir did this interview for me, there was like for a few days a movement. Mm-hmm. Let's say Laura to the Balkans. Everybody was telling me they would put me the they would pay for me to stay they would pay for me to sing and I was like I, I did actually post an Instagram thank you so much everybody for, for your beautiful comments and for your beautiful things but I am not challenging my security because you don't know what can happen yeah yeah and I don't want to rush Sanida do you know the singer Sanida no I don't no, Rosanita. Oh, you have to. Leave. She's like the. I. She's she's the queen of the Balkan trap. She's oh. the queen. She has the best lyrics, Sanida. She had her first hit, Slajana, when she was thirty-three years old, if I'm not wrong. Mm. So I'm not in a rush. <laughs> this is not. I'm I'm not running anywhere. Uh, and then a few days after, Vladimir contacted me and he said, Laura, I know you said you don't want to go to the Balkans in this way, but. Hanit Veslic contacted with me, his manager, for you to go to Sarajevskoy Zetri. And I was like, I remember I, I just uh, read the message and I told mom, mom, this is happening. And my mom was like, who's that Hanit Veslic? Why would he want not to go there <laughs> on his concert? <laughs> He's like Michael Jackson of the Balkan. And she was like, you're not going. And I'm like, mama. Let me explain to you who's Halid Beslitz. Yeah. You know? <laughs> let, let me explain it to you. And at, 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 like the first month, she didn't like it at all. Like she was really nervous, really. She was angry all the time. What are you going? And she, she was like, 
if we go, I want to go with you. And also my husband has to go with us. And it was like, okay, I'm going to ask them. Her husband came. <laughs> and it was great. It was, um, I don't have words to explain it. Like it was happening after all of these years, I've been like half of my life dreaming about it and it was happening. And also I got to know that I can actually speak the language. Yeah. Because I went to Sarajevo and everything was just so clear. No. So it, it was just happening. So I knew, okay, I learned the language in the good way, in the right way. Yeah. That's incredible. I can use it. On your own too. Come on. That's, I have to share a clip. Okay. Hang on. I have to. This is just the coolest thing. <laughs> Let me turn on the speaker, guys. All right. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hang on. Hang on, because I know so many people, maybe some people, I don't know, I'm, ass I'm assuming everybody's been been watching you and following your journey, but I'm sure you haven't, and that's okay. We will forgive them. After this interview, they'll know more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's me. That's me. Oh, my God. The crowd is behind me. I have goosebumps, literally. I just oh. play that because I wanted people to understand, to hear the cheering and hear the crowd. Like I got goosebumps yeah. you because I'm a creative person as well and I have my own business and I have to be self-driven and I have to create opportunities for myself. And, yeah, sometimes you are the only person backing yourself when other people say you can't or you shouldn't or there's so many obstacles for a girl. And watching you up on stage and you were just like, it was like you've been there for a hundred years, quite literally. <laughs> oh, thank you. You didn't look like somebody who was on a big stage for the first time, especially in a foreign country and in a foreign language. How did that feel when you were actually, because you were doing so much on the phone before, so you yeah. were like connected but disconnected because it was over the phone. But how did it feel actually to have these humans screaming and clapping and yelling and reaching out to you. First of all, I really feel much more comfortable singing in several creations than in any other language. So it was, I was really like calm in that way because it just feels really pitiful not for me, really natural. And in another way, I will never forget because when you like to sing, you have the best Super Bowl performs in your your bedroom. <laughs> it always happens. And, and I will always say, and, and no one says nothing, obviously, because there's no one in the room. <laughs> and then I, when I sang Pusti Pusti Modu, actually, I don't know if I said this before, but I choose Miliatska and Khalid Vesli's choose Pusti Pusti Modu. That's, That's so how it went. 
Yeah. And when I sang Pusti Pusti Moto, like a song that everybody knows, that's a really easy song to say, to sing. And then I said, Bakaja, that was too young. And the sound, I, there's a video of it. I'm like in a trance because I, I couldn't believe how loud the people, I could feel their energy. Wow. I know it's a really famous song, but I was so happy that I would see in their eyes how they were enjoying, how they were feeling. And I, that's the best gift as a singer, as a performer, when you see the people are feeling it. When you make, I, this is cruel, but when you're a singer and you make someone cry, it mm. feels like the best because you woke up those emotions uh, in them. And yeah. as, a, as, as an artist, that's what you wanted. That's what oh, you want. Definitely, hundred percent. Because your that energy that you're getting is feeding you as well, right? To yeah. get like do even better and go harder and and give more energy back. So it's that exchange that's happening of you being on stage and then being in the audience. That's incredible. And just yeah, watching you even two weeks ago in Sarajevo and watching <laughs> the journey and how does it feel to be with the people there? Does it feel? Do you ever sometimes think? Oh my God, how did I get here? Wow. Do you sometimes have those moments or does it just feel like, oh, wow, everything's like the water's parting for me and does it, it feels very natural. Yeah. When I was, I have to say, I'm talking from a privilege because the life that I had in the Balkans for those opportunities is not like a real everyday life in the Balkans. So I'm talking from a privileged position. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say that first. But it really felt both times because the first trip, because of Halid Beslitz and this last trip were really different, really different. And this second time, I think I could like meet Sarajevo and meet their people, meet how they live. Like I meet it really. And it just feels so natural <laughs> that I, in some way, I cannot wait to live there for a longer period mm -hmm. to start seeing the problems because it was so natural for me how the people are. And it, it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. In a week, I, I saw how uh, all of my friends and maybe all of my familiars would not manage the lifestyle because people are really close to each other. Mm. And in Galicia also, the people say we're really cold, not mm. <laughs> like the way we are, we're really cold. And it's not like that in Sarajevo. And I'm sure it's not like that in Beograd or in, even in Zagreb. Mm. I've not been there, but I'm sure it's not like that. So I don't know, it just feels really comfortable. And you know what, hearing the language, listening to the language, talking the language all day long, it feels like a holiday, mm. like a mental holiday. And, and when I'm living here and I'm speaking Galician all day long, I, I don't have the, the feeling of something is going wrong. I don't have the feeling that's my mother tongue. But mm. when I'm talking in Bosnian and Croatian all day long, everything just feels so great and so good. And actually from this last trip, I made, I, I didn't make friends, but I met in person people I knew before, and I had these long conversations with a lot of people. And I would, when I went back to Coruña, to my hometown, I, I, I just didn't thought about it, didn't think about it. Yeah. Because if I stop to think about it, I think I'm going 
to get into not a depression, but almost. Yes. <laughs> and my mom all the time, she's like, oh my God, I miss so much. And how do you say this? And how do you say that? Okay, I'm not going to say it anymore. Because she, she's asking me like, how did you manage to, for five years, know this language and waste so, so much time? And I was like, because I didn't have other options. Yeah, and, 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 it's, and it wasn't even wasted when you think about it, because if anything, now when you look back, because you can connect the dots now of your life, and when yeah. you look back, you think that was the building blocks, that was the foundation that you were building upon those five years, because a lot of people just think, a lot of people just think when you make it, oh, you just got there like overnight, but for you, it was this progression and progression and having to do videos when you didn't feel like it and putting yourself out there, putting yourself out there, even when there was zero likes or 6 million likes. So it's good on you for being persistent and just believing Thank you. when no one else did. That's massive. That Not many people have that internal drive. And when I talk to people and I do coaching with them and they tell me about their issues and their problems, it's always, yeah, how, how do I get this thing? And it's, it's actually boring. It's a, yeah, yeah, because for you it was five years, like doing the same thing over and over and over again and not having the opportunities you have now. So how no, do you but I always believe it. I, I, I always love like Disney princess movies and Cinderella was all day like, if you work for it and if you dream about it, one day it will, it will come. And I always thought maybe she's lying, maybe she's not, maybe there's a message in that film, a part of making money, maybe there is actually a message. And I always believe in myself and it is, I always did everything. I never stopped studying just for uh, doing covers, for example, <laughs> that didn't happen. i never stopped working because it's, it, it, I, I do gain a little bit because of social media, just a little bit, Yeah. but just for my little things, if I go to the club and if I, I don't know, I go for dinner, I can pay by myself, but that's everything. <laughs> I can pay because of the That's right. Yeah, because you're not relying on, on other people to fund you or support you. And, and it's great when people reach out and they, they want to help you and they, they want to. But then as well, yeah, it makes you like vulnerable to maybe negative energy or that as well, which I can totally understand. How for you, what is next for you? What is the big time, the ultimate plan? I know you said to be a famous singer on the at the on the Balkans, but I, <laughs> I don't think I don't think you would just be famous over there, as in in Europe. I think you're going to be famous everywhere for the Balkan people. So <laughs> thank you. Like for example, I'm in Australia, and my mum's here, and all my family's here, and we all know about you. And then obviously, oh, you have Balkan so people in Canada. You've got Balkan people in in America. So I, I think that's actually too small of a dream. Like, oh, I just want to go to the Balkans and be famous. You know? I'm like, well, what about us? Hello, what about down? Yeah, the diaspora. <laughs> and also it's a two-ended question. So what's next and what are the big time plans and what is your wishes and desires for yourself? And then also second question, is there pressure to match, match make you with somebody because I know what Balkan people are like. <laughs> and to have a boyfriend, let me as an this guy. Does that happen a lot as well? It happened. How many times when I was in Sarajevo, like young men will ask me to marry them? Like so natural. Well, this is a man, Onako. 
<laughs> I know it's a joke, but in first place, I don't know how to say it, but I'm putting, I'm putting it in God to say in it some way because now I cannot really do much more about my career in, in the Balkans. Just the opportunity to go to Sarajevo to the Khalid Beslis concert and also this last time uh, in the Doma Army and everything. I mean, I really think that's that's like a little reward from God. Like you did it right. I'm going to let these people know about you so, so they to contact you. I'm that kind. I have that kind of mindset. So I'm letting it to God, whatever is coming that I find okay and that I want, I will take it. Now I'm trying to focus on university because I think it's time and university, I don't know. I think it's like that all around the world, but if maybe I do two years, right? I do two years and something happens that I move to the Balkans. Mm. If when I'm 40 years old, I want to finish my degree. I only have to do the last two years. Mm-hmm. So maybe I do not finish my degree because four years can happen in a lot of things in four years. But I'm focusing in that. When I say I'm focusing in that, it's like I'm taking all of my time to do that. Mm-hmm. Every day is the morning I go to classes and then I go to the library to study and then I sleep. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, it's not my favorite lifestyle. <laughs> it's not where I'm the happiest, but that's what I'm, I have to work. That's my work right now. Even though it's not funded, that's my work. And I obviously have some projects like for the future months, but I always want to keep it private city since it is 100% yeah. finished. But yeah, definitely my public can expect some big things going on. Oh my God. Side. You're keeping us in suspense. Oh, my yeah. Like, you know how difficult it was for me to not say that I was performing with Halid Veslitz. <laughs> yeah. It was the hardest thing ever. And now this thing that, that maybe happens, I hope it happens, uh, this big project, I just, I'm biting, I don't bite my nails, but I, I do like biting my nails all day to just go as it has to. Because it, it, if it happens, oh my God. <laughs> that is all of it. Can you tell us what area it's happening in? Definitely uh, singing. It's all music. Just yeah. everything. Yeah. I'm so excited. Everything has to be on their own time. And if it doesn't happen, I always think that's God protecting me. <laughs> yeah. That's- I, I want to believe it in that way. But yeah, I have projects, but for now, let's say I'm just going to university. <laughs> you know what? I think you deserve it. And I hope that whatever Thank you. comes next and comes your way is, you know, everything that you wish for it to be and more. And also do you, with your music, obviously, like you were saying, you don't want to sing covers forever. So is your goal <laughs> to write your own songs? Or definitely have other people write your songs? Like what is the ultimate goal there in terms of like from a musician aspect? I, my, the person who I would want to be like the most is Yelena Tobasevic mm-hmm. because she has her own hits, her ha- she has her own songs, but she sings a lot of traditional music, which is like my first love. 
I, I would never like to stop singing traditional Balkan music, just Sindalinka or Starogradsky and that sort of type of music. The, I've been writing my own songs for a long time. When I was a Galician singer, I would write my own songs and also for other Galician singers. Amazing. So it was really cool. And I, I think, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I, I hope I, before I have my own songs, I write songs for other singers. <laughs> That's how I think it would work the most. Emina Yahovic, she's from Novi Pazar. She has written so many hits and a lot of people doesn't know she has mm. wrote them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely it would be my music, but it would, wouldn't be a priority. I don't want to be the type of singer who is every two or three months going with a new song and maybe I, it's like my dream, my, my goal. I don't know how it's going to be, but I would like maybe to have less number of songs, but to really focus on every song because I, I don't know, every song is like a whole word. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot of stuff coming out of your brain and your soul. And yeah. Your, it's a lot of energy and time and effort. And you don't want to just become this McDonald's franchise where you just. That's it. Uh, yeah. You want quant quality over quantity. And I think that's, I think you're going to have such a bright future ahead. And thank you. So can't much. wait to see you down under. I can't wait to see you all over the world, really, because I, <laughs> I see you and I see your determination and your drive and your people skills, also your voice paired with the guitar. Also, you know how to write. I think options are endless for you. And also because the Balkan is such a, niche community such a specific community that's like very underrepresented so yeah. it, it's who from the Balkans has made it anywhere else transitioned like Rosalia she transitioned from her music and her culture yeah. and her language she managed to actually make it in the U.S. She's, she's a queen <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean but it took her so many years to get there so I would love to see something like that happen within the Balkans. I'm not saying everybody needs to be like that in America is the be all and end all, but it would be great for more people outside of us to know there's these songs and that there's this definitely somewhere else because all we're seeing is just this very minority representation, like Brits, British singers and American singers, Aussie singers. You know, it's like here, not that many people even know. Okay, they watch Eurovision, but they don't know any of those performers or presenters. They, they don't know. They only know the big stuff, like the big hits. So I can just yeah. see it one day I'm going to turn on the radio and it's going to be you. And I'll be like, oh, thank you. Like, I'm going to get an autograph, a virtual autograph. But tell me as we finish up, what inspires you the most? What are some of your inspirations? And can be anything and also do you have a favorite song a favorite artist or a favorite yeah, song? Yeah. yeah i would also like to say that for me my biggest goal is i grew up as a singer in the balkans it's for not be a foreign person forever i don't want when i was in sarajevo this last time and i would walk in Bastarcia, like a lot of people knew my name and it was so beautiful and so strange, but oh, some people will call me just Spanielka. Mm. And it, it is okay. It is great. It is what 
it's always like a really good marketing for me to be Spaniel. But I don't want everyone to know me just because, oh, that girl from Spain who sings her songs. Mm. I would like to manage it in that, in that way that I afford or that I give so much to the Malcolm music community that people don't see me as a foreign person. Mm-hmm. But just I want people to see me like I'm not from the diaspora because obviously I'm not from the diaspora, mm-hmm. but not take me from someone who's not from the Balkans. Yeah. I obviously not from the Balkans. <laughs> I never lived in the, in the Balkans, but I, I, I actually never use it in my videos. Spanielka, Vinicada. Yeah. I don't want it to be my 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 name. Yeah. And and the last time I performed, it was because of Spanish National Day. Uh, but I just sang one song in Spanish. <laughs> it was so funny. And I re- that, that's what I'm saying. I'm, my biggest goal is for people to recognize me as who I am. And maybe that's just dreaming a lot. But maybe uh, next generations, if I have a stable career. They shouldn't, should not maybe even know that I'm from Spain mm. because I would just be Laura Marin in their lives. Yeah, that's, that's my biggest goal. <laughs> and I think that will eventuate, like once you, because you're still living overseas, I think once you eventually start to live there and, and you start to integrate with the people and you become this household name and you become, you will get to that. It's only just because they have been consuming you so much online. So then when you do come to the town, it's like, hey, the Spaniel Yeah. And also they like to categorize. Like even when I go there, like, oh, I'll That's really up. sweet. It doesn't offend yeah. me at all. It's not something. Oh, I, hate it too. I hate it too because when I would tell the taxi driver, like, where are you guys from? And my husband's Australia. Oh. You know, they straight away categorize you as Australka, you know, and you're like, yeah. I'm not Australka really. Like I'm from here. So I can understand that 100%. Mm. Like, and what are some inspirations, yeah, that, that help you in your everyday life? Obviously, you're, you have a good faith in God and a good faith within yourself. And that's really important when you do anything, yeah. a good foundation. But what are some other inspirations that, that drive you? And also, what are your, your favorite song and your favorite artist, if you have one? <laughs> okay. My whole life, even before I knew anything about the Balkans, I really took singers some singers as role models uh you know when when you come from an unstable household situation you just can watch television and think okay this future is possible for me you have to dream i i I would have i'm sorry to say that in this way but i would have killed myself if i couldn't dream dream has saved me in my whole life and for people from the diaspora i'm sure it's the same case when you come from a difficult background you just can dream and i've always dreamed always and nowadays my inspirations because i'm the kind of person not everybody has to be in this way but i'm the kind of person who when i like an artist i have to like them as a person like how they talk in the way they talk how they express themselves not just the music it can be just the music but Nowadays, I listen a lot to Lana del Rey, Lana del Rey, (laughs) because she also comes from a really difficult environment and she has no problem saying how she had problems with alcohol when she was really young. 
and how she always continue till video games in 2012, if I'm not wrong, came famous. Also Bjork, I don't know if she's famous in Australia, Bjork. Yes. She's a really good inspiration for me because of how raw she expressed emotions. Like I'm sometimes I, I'm young and, and love can hurt sometimes, <laughs> but just hearing to their songs, it just called me, this is, so, it's okay to feel this way because if Bjork has felt this way, <laughs> It's okay. Also, Rosalia, I just love her so much. And I love how she's so true to herself. Even so, she's in the elite of, I don't know where she lives, but in the US, she's so true to herself. And in the Balkans, now this is happening that my, I know, literally, my biggest inspirations, which is, (laughs) which is the Aludilo. But I would say Amina Megunyanin, definitely someone who I would like to, someone who I see as a role model, as I say, Yelena Tomasevic. Mm-hmm. But the one who has my heart and who had my heart this whole time is Lepa Brenna. Oh my God, I would love to see you guys on stage together. That's, I don't know if that's going can't, to happen. Like, Lepa Brenna, you can call me. I can't. I can't believe I didn't watch her when she came to Australia. I can't remember how long ago it was. I was so disappointed. I, I don't know what where I was, what I was doing. But imagine if, like, they travelled around and you got to be the supporting act. It would be so great. <laughs> like, because we watched Dino Medellin here when he came pre-COVID and, oh, my God, like, the atmosphere and the vibe. Like, the, obviously, there isn't as many people here in the community where I am. It's a little beachy town. Uh, it's not a little mm-hmm. beachy town. It's quite a big city, but it has beach. Uh, and then Brisbane is the next nearest city, which is a little bit bigger. So we don't have as much of a big uh, Balkan community as Sydney and Melbourne do and Perth and the other bigger cities. But I tell you what, the energy in that room, and I was pregnant with my son, like only about oh three. Oh, my God. And my best friend is like, don't jump, don't, are you going to be okay? I'm like, how can I not jump? And just watching the guy perform on stage at his age, the way he sounded, it was smooth like butter. It was better than what, like hearing it on the radio. So oh my God. I can just picture you with more collaborations and linking arms with all, all of your favourite people and, and, and also singing and then being your own artist, being louder, not being Spaniolka, not being this, not being that. It's yeah. like <laughs> And not having these labels and really just being truly supported. So obviously the goal would be to get signed by somebody or, and to continue creating yeah. music. And I would encourage you to share your own music too. Like I would love to hear it because I think at this stage people have already gotten to know you so well online that mm-hmm. if you were to bring it out, they would like it because it's you. It's no longer oh. just, you know, these songs. I think you, you are getting away from that because people like you, or you like another artist is what people like about you. So I think just keep being yourself. And the message today, I think the takeaway from all the listeners is, ladies, it's free to dream. Like dreaming is free. Yeah. And, and please do dream. That's what saved me, literally. Do dream, please. Please. That's right. And wholeheartedly, I back you up on that. Dreaming is free. My husband always says to me, oh, babe, that sounds crazy. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> That to somebody it's crazy and to somebody they make it happen. So I think. Literally, like everyone has haters. Like in every story that you can tell everybody, like 
someone did not support that that, that person. That always happens. <laughs> I don't know how people expect to uh, achieve things without chasing those things. It's just part of the path. Yeah, that's right. And you are a really big inspiration to any you. ladies, to any aspiring, even young boys, anybody who's aspiring to be anything and anybody in this world. And it's like you matter and your contribution matters and just keep believing. Thank you so much. And thank you for talking <laughs> the podcast. I appreciate you. I really do. You got up super early. I know you have a lot on your plate. You're also going to university today. <laughs> so I'm really grateful for you. So stay on. We'll take a photo and I'll stop recording. But yeah, thank you for listening to another episode. Oh, thank you so much for calling me. It was such a great time. It just, I just can see an hour and a half past. That's What's right. right. Well, that, this is the Vulcan way, right? I should get like this is the Vulcan way. That's how I like it. <laughs> awesome. Stay online, and yeah, we'll send everybody big love, big hugs for yeah. all the diaspora all around the world. And make sure, so uh, Laura, can you tell people where they can find you and connect with you if they want to work with you, if they want to bring you to Australia, or if simply they just want to follow you? You can find me in TikTok and Instagram, just as. Zovem Laura, which means my name is Laura, because of my surname, everybody was calling me Marina. <laughs> so I say, okay, let's put it in. Zovem Laura, this is a statement. <laughs> and um, you can find me at Zovem Laura in Instagram and in TikTok, and then YouTube just search for Laura Marin, and you definitely will find something. And if you want to collaborate with me, just go to my DMs. I'm my own manager. That's not the best, but that's how it is. <laughs> right hey, you know what? That's the best way because the only person that's going to back you, like you said throughout this interview, is you. So I yeah. just encourage for anybody who's listening to this to share it with your friends, share it with your family, go on mm. YouTube, go on Insta, go on TikTok. If you type in even Laura and Harley Beschlich, the performance is up there and also the, your latest debut as well in Sarajevo two weeks ago. All your stuff is on there. They literally just have to Google you. And stay tuned from what's coming. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait. So, so excited. Oh, my God. Awesome. I'm also that single person. I didn't share it with nobody. I want to keep a secret, not for my public, but for the people in my life. Hey, you know what? It's like the, the anticipation before the goal. Even when you're watching football, it's all the anticipation, the build-up yeah. the goal. So I think it's healthy to build a bit of anticipation, a bit of suspense and to look forward to. So we can't wait to see what you do next. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much.
So that was the episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it. And as ever, if you did, please consider sharing it with your loved ones and leaving me a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. It really does make a difference to the number of Balkan sisters that we can reach with the brilliant wisdom that my guests and I share. Thanks for being here. Idovijenia!